So, Neil, you've uh, a really interesting background in telecoms IP, uh, sort of what you might call the development of the industry in in the last couple of decades. So, uh, you know, where do we start? Uh, you, you're, uh, I, I know we, we sort of parallel paths and um, you're one of the early companies in the IP space with Lancome, which was subsequently bought by Telecom Air, or Telecom Air and Aircom. But that was a very early supplier in IP uh, equipment back in the day, wasn't it? I mean, it, it, it was certainly. In fact, even goes back from a, a few decades rather than a couple of decades. I think even Bootstrap was uh, was one of my original datacoms companies back in the world of even, you know, TDM, WANs and Frame Relay and going to uh, lease lines and then moving into Ethernet and the world of IP. So um, even even my days in Bootstrap, but obviously became part of our ArcFire, I think now Presidio, um, the, the, the evolution of the individual companies. But I moved from Bootstrap into LAN, well, into Cable and Wireless, uh, another few years of great learning, met a, met a lot of interesting people, a lot of, lot of great industry colleagues and friends from that, uh, from that company. And then from there into LAN Communications and joined uh, the, 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 the three ball, Mike McGrath, Sean McNamee, John Dolan, and um, Lancomes at the time was a, you know, a small but very innovative, innovative um, and growing company. Mm -hmm. I got into the world of Cisco Systems in particular, and Cisco, long before they became a, a household name in our industry, um, yeah. the guys realized there was a market direction there. So yeah, back in 1997, uh, my, my, my start, starting point with Lancomes. Yeah, yeah, no. So it's really um, in parallel with the growth in the mobile industry. It was quite a go-go time, and you have a whole succession of interesting companies. We're going to talk about your current company, which is a SIP Protect. I'm a little bit aware of this market, Neil. So with a background in the SS Seven um, firewalls, but that, that, tell us a bit about uh, what does SIP Protect do? Yeah, I mean, look, SIP Protect. We're, we're effectively a security cybersecurity overlay service for the world of VoIP and SIP based telephony contact center and collaboration systems. So um you know in my days within land communications and, and then part of Telecom Air and Aircom and, and Complete Telecom uh, subsequent to that we were selling telephony systems and telephone systems for um for many a year for 25, 30 years, well, 25 years, certainly, they're all IP-based these days. Mm -hmm. And as an IP technology, they are as liable to attack and hack as any other system and application. But I think um, my days as a licensed carrier and as a telephony systems vendor, you know, selling on-premise and cloud-based telephony and call center systems, you, you, we, we realized over those years that there was very little overlay in or embedded security for that VoIP and SIP technology. So SIP Protect has been in development for several years, uh, interestingly, but recently only has come to market this year as a as a, a new business and a new solution set. I, I think in, in, in my experience discussing things with end organizations, a lot of people and companies haven't perhaps realized that a, a telephone system in, in whatever that means to a person better be it call center collaboration you know microsoft teams and so on they're all phone systems ultimately are partially that um traditionally people still think of them as a standalone air-gapped yeah. technology you know separate mm -hmm. cable proprietary technology 
digital Separate connections. You know, exactly, ISDN, yeah. PSDN yeah. lines, whereas actually a, a, a voice communications phone system, now it is a piece of software. That piece of software is running on a standards-based server, you know, on an OS that's standards-based, connecting to a standard Ethernet company network. Mm. And um, more importantly, and, and more from a risk profile perspective, typically connecting to the internet. Uh, mm. So it's immensely accessible. Um, and people, I think, don't quite grasp that. Uh, when we've been talking about security systems historically in previous businesses, um, those security technologies tend to look at the, the data, the the business applications, the endpoints. And an endpoint is considered to be a laptop or a you know, or a desktop or something, whereas a telephone handset is a computer now. It connects yeah. to the network. A soft client on that uh, laptop or, or, or desktop is a piece of software, but that's the telephone endpoint. So um, we realize that end organizations, I think, presume that the connected carrier provides security or the vendor supplying that, that phone system, whatever brand it may be. There's many, many, you know, Cisco, Avaya, Alcatel, mentioned ms teams there's the siemens there's, there's tons and tons out there but they're all ip based and they're all software based yeah. on a network you know connecting to the internet so zip protect we're, we're endeavoring to try and add that extra layer of security protection which we we believe is missing and, and people possibly haven't quite grasped that yet are, are you providing um is it a range of services that you provide that you 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 do like a pizza menu where you get each different type of verticals different susceptibilities um, not necessarily different susceptibilities. There's certainly slight differences, but ultimately, uh, you know, we think pretty much any organization in any sector and in industry um, has a risk and a, and a challenge, but certain industries are more targeted, I suppose. So obviously finance being one of them, particularly, and, and, and government, the baddies out there are constantly trying to break into any medium, large organization and, and the sectorization um, I suppose reflects the level of access. So health obviously is a big target, um, finance a big target just mm. for that sensitive data, the 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 ability to financially gain from fraudulent activities. But um, you know, we've also seen we've all seen the developments of the various uh, data protection and cybersecurity frameworks now. So you had GDPR numbers of years ago. Now you've got things like Dora coming out uh, well, uh, for the finance sector and NIST and NIST two in particular. NIST two as a cybersecurity you know compliance framework is going to mandate pretty much all important organizations in important sectors um, that are important to citizens and end customers or sorry end end organizations. They really have to demonstrate that they have a proper, robust cybersecurity mm -hmm. um, solution set framework in place. And again, to reiterate, people are are getting audits done and spending money on these technologies, but quite a lot of them simply do not address and include that real time communications system, yeah. that infrastructural piece, which we think SIPProtect um, uh, is there to 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 help protect. So yeah, I mean. Any industry really is susceptible. There's so many reports around the increases in VoIP-based and communications-based fraud misuse. Um, you know, even things like ransomware. Uh, everyone's very mindful of ransomware, but perhaps not thinking about the fact that a ransomware um, 
piece of code can just as easily be laid on your phone system server. It can encrypt your full call recording database, as an example. So if you're a, if you're a bank and legislatively you have to maintain those call recordings for five years to, to prove, you know, a, a customer has requested something to be done and um, that whole system is locked out with ransomware, you know, mm. you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. So it, it's just, to, I suppose, we, we think our primary challenge at hand is, is market education to, to put right. the telephony call center system on an equal um, platform with every other business critical application out there. Right. And, um, you know, there's so many security solutions. I think I saw a report there, 4,000 active vendors in the U.S. alone. It's just an incredibly cluttered space, and, and we realize that. So, um, right. but then, and, you know. Yeah, so, I'm ahead. sorry, Neil. So, I mean, how, well, you're, you're going to market. Are you are you looking at, say, the, the software vendors? The there's, I, know, I know you just described the whole system as a software system. Are you looking at the uh, enterprise market? Um what's your what's the best way for you to get to market with your yeah. proposition well look i mean i think the best the best way to get to market for for us is probably indirect well sorry it is indirectly uh working with the carriers so you know get i worked mm. with numerous carriers over the last few years um carriers themselves realize they're carrying a lot of fraudulent traffic knowingly or unknowingly but quite often they don't catch it in time or can't catch it so we can help protect the carriers being negatively hit we can work with uh, IT and, in particular, security uh, technology vendors and resellers and, and be one of their um, portfolio items and, and be part of that overall proposition to an end organization. So I think the indirect approach is probably the most logical route for us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, um, we, we can and, and do direct um, business with end clients for sure. But in terms of, of our component, we would be one part of an overall cybersecurity architecture and strategy for an organization. Mm. So a typical customer would would be a profile of, of somebody with their own IT, you know, their own CISO, their own security um, team members working in partnership with one or two or three key vendors in that space, working with their carriers and their support companies. It's, it's, a, it's, it's certainly a partnership approach. And, right, um, right, yeah, I understand. You know, because of its nature as well, there's a lot of compliance um, and security from a vendor relationship perspective as well. It's not just technology security; it's 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 the interaction of um, suppliers like ourselves with the end customer. You know, the end customer has to be fully confident that the companies they're working with are reliable and trustworthy, and and we have our own uh, internal systems around that to protect themselves. Right, so and, and, so from what you're saying, your analysis is that there's a lack of awareness in the end customers of the seriousness, and you're looking to work mostly with carriers to um, address the issues. Yeah. Obviously, the the um, the IMS core is all SIP, as far as I recall. I can't remember exactly as it was since I looked at it. So, you know, it's, it's def you're definitely in the right space as regards with the technology. I mean, look, we think we think we are for sure. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have um, spent the last few years developing this and bringing it to market. I mean, ha happy to say we've live we've live customers. It's you know with the systems fully operational, um, fine. We're we're honing, I suppose, our proposition a little bit, um, but uh, the 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 service is 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 fully deployed, fully operational, is being developed now on a, on, a, on a, an ongoing basis. One of the things we did several years ago was was build out 
a series of honeypot um, installations uh, within AWS on you know multiple regions around the world, and we allow those virtual IP telephone systems to be hacked on, on an ongoing real-time hey, basis. That's and very it's, interesting. It's remarkable the, the the data that we get from that. You know the various attack vectors coming through how the baddies are trying to infiltrate those systems. Mm. So we actually use that data then to feed into our automated filters and even sim just simple things like IP addresses, subnets, you know, the geolocation of where the attacks are coming from, but then also what's defined as the user agent um, profile. So with a real-time communication system or a unified telephony system, I mean, this, the whole of phraseology as to what a phone system is these days, but ultimately whatever the core system is the end point. It's a it's a physical IP connected telephone handset, or it's a piece of software, soft client of, of right. whatever make and model. Um, there are hundreds, if not more than that, out there around the world. So the user agent, we can build a profile of of if someone's pretending to be a Cisco phone, a Via phone, a three CX soft client, a Bria soft client, and um, uh, you know see which mm. ones are being pretended to be the most. And as an end organization customer we will then lock down um any attempted authentication to be specifically just their make and model and firmware of connected device and we've got you know 40 or 50 features that we can turn on and off at different levels of function um, effectively we are a, a a specialized voice firewall and SIP mm. VoIP proxy service we act in the middle the, the mm. customer's endpoint connects to our service, our service connects to the core system, protects it completely, removes the requirement for that core system to be open to the world and, and therefore hackable from the world, and then equally well connect to the carrier as well. So uh, a range of features and functions mm. um, depending so, on what. So, so Neil, sorry. So the, how much is the, it seems to me like the service of the intelligence service that you have, your, your, your detection of these attacks is probably a big, Part of the proposition, obviously, I, I'm guessing you do you update your own systems in real time. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably a major part of the value that you bring to to your your end customers. Yeah, I mean, look, we think so. Again, um, if if organizations want a fully proactive service, we have a you know a, a SOC level service where we can do constant monitoring. We build in monthly penetration tests uh, of the communications infrastructure as part of our, our overall services. That, you know, to be clear, those pen tests are on the actual telephony infrastructure. We're not we're not encroaching on the network, the applications, the rest of the the, the infrastructure. There's many many vendors and, and suppliers, and even the end customers themselves have a lot of that capability. But the nuances of VoIP and SIP and, and communications, uh, we, we have services built around that. Mm. So it's a, it's a combination. I mean, we're a fully software-based service. Um, it's licensed on, you know, typically on a per-user, per-month basis, a SaaS-based model. Uh, or if you're a carrier, we license on the numbers of, of channels within those SIP trunks that the carriers provide in. And then a range of professional services. Inevitably, cybersecurity, you know, you can automate a lot. You can build in some AI functions. Um, but you still need, I think, in my belief, certainly currently human intelligence to, yeah. to look and interpret and, you know, filter out the false positives and, and, uh, and you know, be, be that, that trusted advisor. And yeah, I, I think you put your finger on it there, Neil. I mean, my own observation of these, and um, I, um, I'm not deeply involved in the technical stuff anymore, but you can see the human factor is still in in the um, the 
your garnering of the information and the the analysis of no matter no matter how smart the filter is it's um it can be compromised i mean it's really that that sort of experience of the the um your own operating center that looks and it goes you know this is an interesting pattern there's something happening here there, there, there is, and, and I had mentioned it. It really is a partnership approach because no one vendor and no one supplier can provide the full range of of a, of a cybersecurity framework infrastructure that a, you know a medium large organization needs. Mm. So our own systems, you know, can be um, fully integrated with a larger framework of a SOC, SOC system and and feed in alerts and um, you know reports and you know mitigate whatever needs to be whatever needs to be done. So it, it is part of a, a a relationship, both technically and on a human basis as well with trusted providers into a trusted end organization. Very good. Okay, well, look, uh, how, how can people contact you? Look, I think, like all these things, for the best thing and simplest thing is the website, dare I say it, www.sipprotect, uh, uh, so S-I-P-R-O-T-E-C-T dot com. Um, and you'll find a few different phone numbers and a couple of emails. And or look, anybody who knows me or or doesn't yeah. doesn't know me, my LinkedIn profile is there. Uh, Pat, so happy to take um. Happy to take any, any uh, sales call. App yeah. app for for sure. I'm delighted <laughs> to. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> I if you can get them in before Christmas, I mean, uh, look all the all the all the better for sure. I'll buy uh, buy anybody a mince pie now if we get an order in before Christmas. Yeah. So what's the plan for Christmas, Neil? Are you a family oh, or what are you? Uh, family time yeah my, my long lost son is uh, is back from canada for a couple of weeks so we're myself and my wife are delighted to have him home and no doubt spoil him rotten um and uh, my, my brother and his family are coming over so we'll have a nice quiet family day and just chill and then mm. look get a bit of air and uh, i think enjoy what's out there there's too much bad news and too much stress and strain out there so we'll definitely try and make the best of it Sure, no, sounds sounds like my my sort of Christmas. And on this podcast, you get to nominate the uh, playout song. So I don't know if music's a big thing in your life. It is. It it has been for 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 a long, long time. I've always been a music fan, and uh, I've been I've been struggling, I suppose, to uh, think of a song for this. But it's hard when whether, it comes down to one, isn't it? It, it? it is, and I think you might have to edit this out, perhaps time wise, because <laughs> when I think about my my. Probably my favorite song of all time. It is "How Soon Is Now" by the Smiths. Okay, great. Definitely part 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 of my uh, a phase of my life that uh, I I I enjoyed and look back on. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a good song. Might not be topical for this conversation, but uh, okay, it's a great riff. Great riff when I hear it. So thanks very very much for the opportunity to listen to it again. Right, well here it is. But um, thanks, Neil. Really appreciate you coming on. And have a good Christmas. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pat, uh, and to you and anybody else who, who may be listening.
Got to go. 